Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm here along with Les Bowen and Paul Domowich for the Bird's Eye View Podcast. How's everyone doing? Good. Pretty good, Jeff. Pretty good. We finally made it home late last night. How are you? Uh, I'm good, too. I made it home yesterday as well. Uh, we got something, uh, got a win to talk about. Eagles finally yes. go get in the uh, the win column uh, with a kind of grounded out victory over the 49ers, a, a beat up 49ers team. But of course, the Eagles are almost as beat up as the 49ers. So uh, to go in the West Coast and after not having a win in the first three weeks and to, to grind out a win, I think is it says something about this team. Um, they have a lot of problems that just didn't magically go away Sunday night, but they're still alive. And in fact, they're alone in first place in the NFC East. So yeah, this is going to be kind of similar to the two previous years in that the Eagles aren't going to be out of this for, for weeks upon weeks. And, and, and perhaps this could be the impetus for a turnaround. I don't know. Uh, you guys give me your initial feelings on the victory. Well, I, I was impressed. Uh, it's always, you never know going into these games, what's really up with the other team. You know, the 49ers were in the Super Bowl last year. They, they were two and one, even without uh, having been without Garoppolo for a few weeks, quarterback. Everybody was saying, oh, Nick Mullins is as good as Garoppolo. There's a quarterback controversy. It turned out Nick Mullins wasn't very good. And, you know, this was a much more winnable game than I think any of us thought it would be going in. Uh, but I, given, given the offensive line situation, which just went from ridiculous to unfathomable uh, when Lane Johnson left, uh, I, I thought the Eagles acquitted themselves well. I thought Carson Wentz especially, you know, he certainly, you know, didn't set any passing records, but he was in a situation where he was dipping and dodging and spinning and running for his life. And he rallied the team and won the game. And uh, it was kind of like those games down the stretch last season. And it was uh, a welcome sight. What'd you think, Dama? Yeah. I mean, they got the turnovers that they haven't been getting in the first three games. Uh, Those three turnovers. I mean, they produced 14 points for them salvaged, uh, prevented at least a field goal for, uh, San Francisco when they were in the red zone. So, I mean, that's a, that's a 17 point turnaround, uh, which is pretty critical. Uh, their pass rush, I thought was really, you know, con- for the second straight week was, was what it's going to have to be all season long. Yeah. Um, their offensive line. I mean, I was terribly impressed by Jordan Malata. I think they found their left tackle and that includes Andre Dillard. I think this kid's only going to get better. Uh, he is so, so strong. I mean, you don't, aside from that, you know, from the leg kick when he backs up to set himself, I mean, nobody gets, nobody moves him when, when, when he's, when he's locked on. And I, I think, you know, he's got a lot to learn. You saw a lot of, you know, that teams are going to play games on, on him and the rest of that line uh, that, that are going to give him some problems all year long, probably. But, you know, he played well and, and you know, Lane Johnson, uh, you know, I found it interesting the way, Peterson kind of addressed his injury on Monday, basically saying, Hey, he's going to have to play through it. Uh, it's going to be sore. Uh, he's a tough kid. You know, <laughs> there was little sympathy there for him. So, uh, you know, they need him. Dr- Driscoll played really well. I thought, uh, you know, so that helped. Uh, and then the quarterback, 
did what he had to do. It wasn't like you said, Les, it wasn't a great performance. Um, and I think a key part of it is something that's also going to have to happen going forward is, is his, his, his mobility and running ability are going to have to be a key part of this offense going forward. I was, um, you know, I was impressed with Doug Peterson and on a couple levels, one that he still has these guys playing for him. They played hard. Um, and you know, that he was able to kind of script an offensive game plan that wasn't really great. And there were some, dopey calls I thought at certain in certain moments he's trying to do something with what he has I mean he has not been dealt a, a good hand by Howie Roseman and I think that's where the fault that's where this team has gone more awry is the personnel now look the injuries have been an issue but the injuries are also partly Howie because of what he's done to the medical staff all the turnover the, in these last three years you know if I'm Doug I'm looking at Howie saying why do you still have a job um, and in terms of his aggressiveness, I think I felt like Doug made a statement when he came out and went for two. Uh, it was a good play call as well. And, you know, not just being aggressive and going for it. Certainly the week before, this was kind of a, an admittance, although he already he did admit on public that he shouldn't have punted the ball. But this was also an admittance as well that, that he needs to kind of go back to that way of thinking, uh, show the players that he has their backs, that he believes in them, and also put pressure on teams. I mean, that's teams fold under – uh, those circumstances and and th- that those two points end up being very valuable late in the game when the 49ers were behind and they tried you know they had to go for two they didn't convert so then they needed a touchdown at the end they got in a field goal range you know that would have been maybe a tie game and yep. they're going for two there um, also in on the fourth and four play you know would a 55 yard field goal would have been well within Jake Elliott's range he could have tied the game there no we're not going to do that we're going to go for it and, and had a really good Rub route designed, uh, Carson threw a BB to John Hightower on a slant, and, and they converted, and they went on to score the touchdown. Um, so I think that was a win for Carson Wentz, certainly, but it was also a win for Doug Peterson. Yep. Um, what do you guys think? The, just You guys were talking about the O-line. I wanted to kind of give that my, my, my say on Doug Peterson. But the O-line, what do you think the best configuration now is going forward? Les, you wrote about that today. Yeah, I actually did. Uh, yeah, I think, and my lot is going to get a real test this week with T.J. Watt. If he survives that, uh, we're probably looking at a few more weeks before Jason Peters is healthy. But I would contemplate moving Peters back to right guard. I don't know if he has to give back any money if you do that. But <laughs> you know, moving Peters back to right guard, because I really think at this point in his career, that's the issue for him. I do think he bulked up a little bit to play inside, and he's just not as as uh, as mobile as he would normally be at left tackle uh, at 38 years old. And I think he could play right guard, give some experience to this really young group. I, I think he's probably better than Matt Pryor is. Yeah. Pryor's, the, Pryor, Pryor's probably the weak link on the, on the line yeah. right now. Pryor's the guy that projects as a backup. You know, I mean, the others you might you can see having starter potential. Frankly, I don't see that from Matt Pryor. I'm not an expert, but that's kind of how I feel. And just play my lot at left tackle and see what happens. Uh, you know, that, that's, my, that's my thought. Uh, I don't know if they feel that way or not. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think my lot is going to have to really play badly to lose that left tackle job, even when, when Peters gets back. I mean, Peters, 
I mean, my feeling is even before the injury, he was playing on fumes. I mean, he just can't move his feet anymore. And that's a bad thing to, to, to not be able to do when you're, when you're playing out, out there on the, on the, uh, on the yeah. edge. Um, I, I agree. I think, you know, Matt Pryor has not played well. He was, he was there. You look at that line on Sunday, he was their, their biggest concern. Uh, so if Peters is going to come back and play anywhere, I think right guard would be my suggestion. Okay, so I guess and, and, if he, and if he can't, then you think about Driscoll inside. Yeah, I just don't right. think they can go the whole season with Matt Pryor at right guard. And you're going to need Driscoll kind of at the ready with with Lane's ankle thing because this is going. To, I mean, like we yeah. said, and I think we said this all too. This is not something that he's going to be 100 percent at any point this season. He's just got to play through it. Yeah, which is you know he's he's played through a lot of injuries before, and you don't want yeah. to kind of make that ankle any worse, but. Yeah. You know, Apparently this is, the surgery, yeah. This is a con- this is a situation kind of like you know, like we were scratching our head last year on 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 Deshaun and why he didn't have the surgery, and you know, I mean, I understand nobody wants to get go under the knife, uh, and and Lane has said that you know, well, it didn't start hurting me till training camp. Well, you know, he had worked out and uh, hard during the off season. I got to believe there was a there were points when he wondered. You know, maybe I should have surgery, but we're in the middle of a pandemic and I really don't want to go into the hospital right now uh, because obviously if he had gotten it earlier, this ankle wouldn't be an issue right now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand the whole situation. I thought that the surgery was to stabilize the two bones, you know, uh, if they're stabilized. Then what's the issue? And, you know, I. It's very odd. I'd love to have some insight yeah. into what's going on there. My well, understanding was it was it had to do with the tendon that he tight. They needed to tighten the tendon, mm-hmm. uh, something like that, as opposed to the bone. So, right. Uh, well, I was told uh, that they had to clean out. There was cartilage that needed to be cleaned out. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, this he played through a high ankle sprain last year. He played through a high ankle sprain, I think, years before that. I mean, this is just you know. Yeah. This is going to happen. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, Doug, Doug's right. He's, he's a, I mean, they don't come any tougher than Lane. He's not going to sit down. Uh, right. uh, you know, the, the question is, what effect does it have on his play? Right. Is he going to be the Lane that we typically know? Um, and, and Malata, uh, just real quick, if I could just, you know, yeah, I, I haven't really looked at the, the film yet. It's not out yet. Um, it sounds like everyone says he's, he's did pretty well. Uh, you guys make a good point of once he starts to see once he starts to see the top guys, it, it could be a different story. And um, but the question is, I mean, like this team, they're going to be hanging around for a while. It, we've talked about kind of how he's serving two masters of trying to win, but also trying to build for the future. It's like you got to start playing the young guys, right? I mean, in certain, yeah. certain circumstances, yeah. right? You got to be and. You know that that may give, uh, well, whatever. I, I don't want to go down that path, but um, this hey, kind of gives them that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. The, uh, I think the point you were kind of trying to make. I mean, they're looking at some salary cap problems after this year, next year. I mean, let's just let's just say some of these young kids like Malata play really, really well. Let's say uh, you know they, they Driscoll convinces them and convinces them this season that he can play. Right. It, it does give them some, some 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 flexibility with respect to older guys, veteran guys, and I, and I put Lane Johnson in that group because he's got a big contract. You know, uh, I can't yeah. imagine them saying Lane were, were you know goodbye, but uh, I mean, 
you know, just one of those things to consider, you know, going forward. It wouldn't shock me if they asked Brandon Brooks to take the haircut. Right. You know, right. Uh, they've yeah. done that many a time with guys that miss seasons. You know, they have no compunction whatsoever, you know, regardless of how hard you worked or how, you know, how tough it was for you. They're like, oh, you didn't play last year, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Elaine and Brooks have two good solid years at least left. And, uh, you know, oh, I, yeah. yeah but, we, I, look, I, I talk I, about. You know, I mean, a lot. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot has played one game. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Director, director of school. You know, I don't know how good these guys can be. But um, no, can we switch over to wide receiver position? Look, they're they're they've been decimated there. But you know, I, I thought Dave Murphy wrote wrote a, a fair column as well that you know they might have got the win. But I mean, it's it's kind of almost disgraceful how that position's been handled um, over the last several years. And, you know, Travis Fulgham made it, made a nice catch and Greg Ward's been serviceable uh, and they've had injuries. I get all that, but those injuries are because, you know, you've you signed two guys to grow some contracts. I mean, and they're older guys who just have always kind of been injury prone. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. I mean, this is again, front, the front office is making and, you know, Jalen Rager may end up being a nice player, but he's on the, he's on the sideline not doing anything while you're watching all these other receivers. Brandon Ayuk, how about that hurdle of, uh, of uh, Marcus Epps? You know, I mean, like, yeah. you know, John Hightower played the most snaps. He had two catches. He had a nice catch on that fourth down play there. But, you know, Doug and Carson must be like, Jesus, can we ever get this fixed? Yeah. 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 And, you know, and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is out again and, well, that's the biggest issue right there. That was a second-round pick. There were great players like Metcalf uh, taken after him. I mean, you just—it's really hard to step around mistakes like that. Yeah. To uh, make the- I think. I mean, I, I think. I mean, Doug's making a major statement to uh, Howie with the fact that I mean they're using Adrian Killens at wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that speaks volumes. I mean, I right. think the kid's got some potential. I don't know where or what role. Return. Uh, you know, that 12-yard yeah. loss on the on the end of round was, was totally Zach's fault. Uh, the, I think it could have been a big play. But, but I mean, the kid's got speed and versatility. But the f- fact is, he's an undrafted free agent that you're now using as a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's yeah. I mean, you know, that's a real good point. Yeah. Travis Fulgham has already has already had more of an impact than JJ has. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's just you know they'll they'll say we still believe in JJ and he'll, they'll get him back out there and play and and I do feel like he's probably improved this year, but it's, he just hasn't improved enough. He's just not fast enough to play at this level and. What was supposed to offset that was his ability to get jump balls, and, and he just can't make catches. He can't make even easy catches. So it's, you know, it's that the B word is is getting close to being spelled out, you know, um, yeah. on JJ. And, you know, unless you raised a good point with DK Metcalf, every week this kid's going out there. He's I think he's averaging 24 yards a catch. Yeah. Um, now, you know, I found out in January that the reason why he, he – Eagles, Eagles, they had it. Um, Joe Douglas had a high grade on DK, but the medical staff red flagged him because he had like a neck thing or something like that. And, and other teams did as well. And that dropped him on their board to like whatever third or fourth round talent. 
But that goes back to the medical staff then. I mean, like, you got that wrong. Right. You know, and or did did, did they did how Howie and his and his staff and Joe Douglas as well, did they do enough homework on this kid to find out what you know what was up with the injury? Or and it wasn't just him, Terry McLaren went after uh, uh Slayton. Uh, there were other receivers that they could have taken. Paris Campbell, I know he's been hurt, but I think that was the guy that half part of the staff wanted and the other half wanted Ortega, at least in terms of the decision makers. But these are egregious mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, let's not let's not I mean, I know we 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 all think Jalen Rager will be a decent player. But yeah. He's already he's already been hurt twice. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Justin Jefferson is lighting up the league. Uh, now they're they're yeah. they're thinking there wasn't that J- Justin Jefferson couldn't play. It was that they felt he was strictly. I mean, he was only exceptional guy. in the slot. Right. Uh, I I I haven't watched enough of his tape to know how much slot he's playing for Minnesota right now. Whether it's strictly inside, but uh, I don't care where he's lining up. His numbers are just phenomenal. Yeah. He's got two straight 100 yard games. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen him play. I've seen him get catches on the outside. Yeah, long catches on the outside. Um, so, although right know. now, John, uh, right now, Joe Douglas isn't a good guy to uh, uh, refer to uh, with regard to player evaluation. No, I mean Joe's Joe's part of that too. I mean Joe certainly, you know, now how he makes the decisions and how he's the one who who makes the final calls, and it's ultimately Howie's responsibility. But um, Joe has to eat some of that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it didn't kill them on Sunday because the 49ers were without their top cornerbacks. Uh, you know, the D-line, it didn't hurt the offensive line as much because there was no Nick Bosa. There was no Solomon Thomas. Uh, there was no D Ford. So, I mean, they kind of walked into a favorable situation. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about the Steelers in a few days here, but, you know, I don't, I, how, how much of this is just a little bit of a <laughs> – you know, a blip in terms of what this team can do. Oh yeah. Well, it was, you know, I wrote today about the, the touchdown drive for Fulcom got the, the great catch. It's a seven play drive where they gained no yardage until the final play. It was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It was, it, I, it was a weird game. Turnovers. I mean, the turn. Nick Mullins basically lost the, lost the game. I, I give the defense credit, but the, but all three of those turnovers, he threw two of them up for grabs. He threw one right to Alex Singleton. He threw one right to Rodney McLeod, and he had a fumble. Right. Well, I, you know, I give Cravon LeBlanc a lot of credit. Right. There. That was a nice play. Um, well, and Avery, Avery caused that first interception. Yeah. And yeah. Right. True. But yeah. Uh, no quarterback. No good quarterback makes that. No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to. I am not going to attempt to defend Nick Mullins. I mean, yes, yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, look again. We got. I think we have to put this in. And again, they're they're playing in a stadium that's not really a road stadium. It's completely quiet. So, yeah. My my question is then: Are we going? Is this going? Is this something they can build on? And you you feel that they're building upon. or do you feel like tomorrow, next week, we'll just see the same same old Eagles we saw in the first three weeks? Now, I think they can build on. I think Carson has kind of, like he did down the stretch last year, kind of come to grips with what's around him and what he can do and what he can't do. Uh, 
the problem is they're playing a really good team ostensibly this week. Again, kind of like the 49ers, we don't really know. Pittsburgh, the teams Pittsburgh's beaten to go 3-0, and or I think I saw their combined 1-11 and or something like that. Yeah. But assume that the Steelers are a really good team, and uh, they're in Pittsburgh. And now with uh, Governor Wolf's going to make a declaration today, apparently there might be like 12,000 Steeler fans in the stands. Sunday, which uh, would be something new yeah. this year. But, uh, you know, I, I I think, I guess what I'm trying to say in a very fumbling way is they've, they've gotten some things uh, moving, but they're so far away from really being good. You know, yeah. it, uh, it, it could be a bad outcome Sunday, even with the improvements that they've made. Yeah, I, I think going forward, the, the, the key is their, both of their lines. I mean, they're, like I said earlier, their, their defensive line is going to have to continue to, to, to get this, the kind of pressure they've gotten the last two weeks. Uh, you know, because I think if they do, they can, it kind of offset some of the, you know, some right. of the vulnerabilities in the back seven. And then offensively, also, offensively they've, got, they've got that offensive line somehow, some way. Uh, regardless of who's out there, uh, has to do a, a, a decent job of not only protecting Carson, but but getting this run game going. It, it had been going pretty well, but San Francisco kind of neutralized it on Sunday. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. Miles Sanders only you know only averaged like three point five yards per carry and uh, had two rushing first downs. And you know, without Carson, uh, those numbers would have would look even worse. Yeah. Well, you mentioned D line, and I, I want to focus a little bit on Derek Barnett, who had maybe one of his best games mm-hmm. of his career. And and you know, this was the year that he needed to kind of break out. And I thought I don't know if it was a breakout performance, but you know, he went against Trent Williams, who's long been one of the best left tackles in the league. I don't know if he's quite what he used to be when he was in Washington, but uh, I came away impressed with Derek's performance. He was he was really strong. I mean, like he was really pushing him around. He was getting into the backfield. Uh, he yeah. just had one sack, but he but he also had some really good uh, plays. He drew a penalty at one point. You know, if if he can develop into the guy that they thought he was when they drafted him in the first round, and the key thing with him is just staying healthy. Yeah. Then this may, you know, this may help the the defense aside from that one horrible performance against the Rams, and it was a bad one. And it's hard to kind of overlook it. Has been pretty solid. Yeah. Despite the issues that they have in the middle at linebacker and safety because the D line is, is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're getting contributions. We meant, you mentioned Denard Avery at five quarterback hits and, and he only played 18 snaps. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And this, you know, this is the guy I, I wasn't really kind of convinced was, was going to be a, a, an impact right. player. And, and, and to the Eagles credits, they've stuck with him. Uh, Josh sweat. He's got three sacks in four games. Um, so it hasn't necessarily even been the big names like Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson that yeah. have getting done. Now those guys are still playing pretty well, but yeah, you know, as we've known with this defense, as the as the D line goes, so goes the defense. Absolutely. Did I talk too much about that one subject? I didn't even get enough questions out of you guys. Um, yeah. What about? So what are they going to do now with? corner are they gonna you're gonna stick Jalen Mills there I don't know if they're getting who they're getting back there but Jalen did a pretty good job again Ben, ben you know they they didn't really they don't have much on the outside but this week you know 
the Steelers have some some receivers on the outside that can burn. Do you keep Jalen there? Do you? What do you do? I mean, Vontae's going to be out for a little while. Yes, you do. I mean, yeah. I, that's yeah. I wouldn't come up with another plan. Uh, I like Cravon myself, but maybe he's not ideal for outside. Maybe you need Mills's length outside. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kayvon Wallace, I thought had a little bit of a tough time, frankly. Of course, a lot of times he was playing against George Kittle, but uh, he took bad angles and he missed tackles. And, you know, yeah, I, you could see why they're kind of taking it slowly with him. And I didn't, you know, for him as a starter, he didn't excite me very much. I don't know if they're going to get anybody back this week. There's talk of Will Parks. That would make a difference yeah, back there. Yeah, he probably would be the safety mm-hmm. then. You just keep Jalen over on the, yeah, the one side until Avante comes back, is yeah. my guess. What about yeah. linebacker? I mean, Alex Singleton, I don't, wanna, I don't act like this guy's, you know, the next, I don't know, pick a good linebacker. Yeah. I've always liked the kid. I just – I always felt like, you know, he's just been kind of – typecast as a special teams guy or, or a role guy. And, you know, TJ Edwards is going to be out for a little bit. And it's interesting that he got in ahead of uh, Davion Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, that's another. We were talking about the drafting a minute ago. You know, you took a guy in Davion Taylor that it might be a couple years before this guy really understands what he's doing out there. He's he's almost in – he's not quite Jordan Mylotta, but he's – you know, he's a guy that has played very little football and at a position where the mental part of it is so crucial to Jim Schwartz. I just, I don't think that pick fits what they try to do with their linebackers. I I don't think you pick a guy on athletic potential for that system who doesn't have a lot of, you know, savvy and understanding because that's all that Nate Gary has. I mean, he can't run and he's tiny, uh, but Schwartz loves him. You know? Well, I wouldn't, I think, yeah, I mean, I think he loves what he can do with the talent he has. But the bottom line is when you look at the league today, and I mean, they've de-emphasized the linebacker position anyway, but I mean, they, if you're going to play that position, you got to be fast. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's worth, I mean, that's why they're having problems with tight ends. Uh you know, uh, I don't know how they survived 15 catches from George Kittle, but they did, uh, you know, but Nick he Mullins. yeah, he wasn't the first guy to beat him, uh, um, you know. So, I mean, I, I, I you know, D- clearly Davion Taylor is, is at least two years away, you know, and, and then, you know, I'm not going to we can spend a half an hour questioning the philosophy of drafting a guy that's not ready that you're drafting for the future. But uh you know, I mean, that's why they drafted him because he's so damn fast. But he also has no clue what he's doing yet. Yeah, and and that was that's too that was just too early. I mean, I, I heard from too many personnel people that you know, like yeah. text out of the blue, like yeah. we didn't even have that guy anywhere near you know near the third round. He was more of a a, a, a third day kind of gamble. Well, this you, was, I mean, this was an analytics draft. I mean, how he just went for speed. I mean, yeah, that was the most speed, that was the speed, most yeah. important number on every scouting report he looked at was the the 40 time hey no don't get me wrong i mean you want you want speed uh we saw it last night with (laughs) with the chiefs but (laughs) you want speed that can play in the third round right away you know it's a third round pick with this whole whole de-emphasizing of the linebacker position i don't want to sound like the fans here (laughs) 
the you know Dick Butkus uh, you know running running rampant on the field. You're not going to have that, but are they really current with NFL thinking when you look at some of these other teams? I see sideline to sideline linebackers on a lot of teams that make a huge difference. Fifty four for the 49ers. Yeah, Monday night. You know, real. That's why the Eagles couldn't run the ball. Uh, you know, and that's why it was even the short passes were an adventure. That guy was everywhere. You know, if you had a guy like that, wouldn't your defense look like fifty percent better? Yeah. Well, you know, I wrote about this Sunday. You know, I mean, you don't have to kind of preach to me. And, and look, I, I've long been—I wouldn't say defender, but I, I understand if there's a position you're going to go light at and you're not going to pay, it's linebacker and Jim Schwartz's scheme. I and mean, it's just not as important. And of course, the devaluing of the position in general because of more nickel and dime. Uh, to counter passing offenses is understandable completely. But the Eagles typically have had one, at least one guy that was an established linebacker. And they just came in this year with Nate Gary as your top guy. It's just inexplicable to me. They need one really good one. You know, I mean, they, they do. I mean, I don't care what, what Jim says about his scheme. He needs one really good linebacker and he doesn't have one. No, I mean, teams are going to prey on that. The, you know, I hate to defend them, but the bottom line is they're not getting beat by the run. Uh, no, but they're getting beat by short passes across the middle, uh, you know, mixed in with the they're run. Get, they're getting well, beat by play action, which preys on undisciplined linebackers. I mean, that's, that's to me, the biggest thing. is In a way, but it also preys on the fact that guys can't recover when – when they're looking in the backfield a little too long. I mean, and if Nate Gary's a little faster, he, he, he stays with the, the Rams tight end, um, you know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. I mean, it's yeah. a combination of the two. I mean, I, I agree. They, they, they probably need one bigger linebacker. When you look at the fact that they've given up six rushing first uh, front rushing touchdowns, they probably could use a bigger guy, near, especially uh, down near the goal line. Uh, but – yeah, no. Again, I think you know Jim is a professional defensive coordinator. He has enough up. He has enough up front. Uh, Darius Slay gives him a, a a very good cornerback. They can win. I think most weeks, especially like Jim, typically does well against meh, quarterbacks. It's it's the good ones that that get them. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But I think for the most part, they'll be fine. They can hang in there defensively. The problem is off- offense. If I just uh, p- pivot back to Carson, and again, like I've just finished with him, I felt it was I, it was impressive considering all the personnel. I mean, like Zach Ertz was doubled the entire game. He's your number one guy. He had he had a win with with a bunch of no names. You know, Miles Sanders had had a nice twenty eight yard catch, and and Carson did a really good job of reading that play. Um, and you guys mentioned the running and and. You know, that's that's just who he is. I wrote this in my column. I mean, they got to do a better job of getting him on the move because as long as Carson isn't stuck in the pocket and has to make – look, he's good on, on fades. He threw a really nice pass to Fulgham. Um, but he can't be a pocket passer. He just doesn't have the accuracy. His mechanics are still not great. You just got to get him moving. And I guess with the offensive line issues, maybe that'll get him moving because <laughs> he's got to dance all the time out of the pocket. I don't know. Um but I do feel like it was a step in the right direction for Carson. I just wonder how long he can, how long they can get away with that, considering the personnel issues 
at the skill positions and also his issues with throwing. Well, they're going to get some people back. I mean, not, not everybody's out for the season. Rager probably, you know, November. Three, uh, Deshaun Jackson, maybe before that, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's what you have to, I mean, there's no way they're going to win with this lineup very much. Uh, especially looking at these next two games against Pittsburgh and Baltimore, but They've just got to get some people back. I mean, that's, yeah. that's well, the Dallas. You didn't, you Dallas didn't mention, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that I think is the most important guy they need to get back, both both for the run game and the pass game. And he's out for a couple more weeks, right? So, yeah, you, yeah I mean, Richard Rodgers had a couple grabs. He's not as much of a blocker. Um, this week, they're going to, maybe Alshon Jeffrey comes back. Uh, yeah. I don't know the what pro- we're going to see out of him. The problem, you know, and we're seeing with Zach is not only the double coverage, but he's so tightly covered. I mean, he's averaging nothing after the catch. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, that's just not his game. And teams, you know, if they go ahead, chuck it down to him, he's not going to be able to break a tackle after yeah. that, you know. I mean, um, I, I lo- the one thing I like about uh, offensively, and we saw it last late last year when he when he was promoted and he quickly developed the chemistry with – with Carson is is Greg Ward's turned into a nice slot receiver. I mean, he's third yeah. da- third yeah. down. He's become the guy that, that Carson's looking for. Uh, and yeah, and, but the, yeah. the the thing is, Greg Ward against zone defenses is, is is nearly. I mean, he his 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 awareness of where of the finding the spots because of his quarterback background in a zone defense is just uncanny. Uh, but he's not. You know, his you, when they're playing man against him, he can kind of disappear. Yeah, yeah, and he's not going to give you much down the field, but but as a slot receiver, uh, yeah, a decent guy. The problem is they just don't have anyone on the outside right now, and and we'll see how if the Steelers how how they play that. I mean, they could. I mean, it certainly plays to their advantage, and we'll see how the Eagles kind of. I mean, Doug's going to have to again come up with a kind of an imaginative imaginative uh, game plan against this team, but we'll talk about that in a few days uh, when we have our next podcast, uh, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Les, Damo. Good to be here. Uh, listeners at home, please, again, uh, if you want to read more about our stories, go to inquire.com. Plenty of content there on the Eagles. Join the Early Birds newsletter. Uh, in your inbox every morning is uh, content, uh, extra content, and links to all of our stories, um, all the great stories that we do in covering the Eagles. So thank you again for joining the Bird's Eye View podcast. We'll talk to you in a few days. Yes, indeed. And wear a mask.